As promised, we are joined right now by a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. He is also a partner at Backstage Media. He is also an author of several books, including Rice, which profiles Jerry Rice. Previously worked at NFL Network, Yahoo Sports, and of course, SI. We are joined right now by Mike Silver. Mike, what's going on? How are you? Great, too. How are you, man? Good, dude. Good. Great to have you back. Thanks so much. Mike, let me start here. I've always, always gotten a kick out of the tremendous access and relationships you have with players, but seeing you and George Kittle and a few of his teammates watching the final seconds of the Eagles losing on your phone in the tunnel at FedEx Field, I thought was tremendous. And that showed when the Niners clinched the top seed. How did that actually come to be? It was a really cool moment. Uh, I was in that tunnel as their game was ending. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I have a book deadline right now. I really wanted a buy and some home games for me. Uh, so I was, I was very interested in the outcome of Eagles Cardinals. And I was watching on my phone. John Lynch, the general manager, saw me. He wanted to know what was going on. He kind of came over. And then Debo was running off and sort of corner of his eye saw us and wanted to know the score and then got very, very excited. It was just really cool to see Debo Samuel, George Kittle, these guys who worked so hard who I've watched go through these emotions, uh, you know, to get to this point, just kind of act like a combination of little kids and sports fans who have no power but are just waiting for uh, a reason to celebrate. And uh, it, it worked out for all of us including me, who needed the buy. <laughs> I think that's a great description. Mike Silver joining us. So, Mike, I don't know how many different ways I can ask this question, but I keep asking it because seemingly it won't go away. Question being, every week seems to bring some sort of referendum on Brock Purdy, who bounced back from his four-INT game against the Ravens to set the Niners' new single-season passing yardage record on Sunday. Obviously, this dude is so much more than a game manager. In your opinion, how much of his success is based on his skill set, and how much of it comes from playing in Kyle Shanahan's system? I mean, I may be influenced by the fact that I've been around it the whole time a lot, but I think he's unbelievably good, and people are so uh, immersed in the the power of the draft and their belief that the draft is transformative and the coverage of the draft and a cottage industry of who's going to be drafted uh, that they're missing it. Um, yeah, he was drafted 262nd and last. And in a lot of people's minds, that means he's not good enough to lead a team or be a frontline player. But what I've seen is a guy who came in with swag, carried himself like he belonged, uh, has made gutsy throws, uh, not just been a robot. You know, he's executing a great and hand runs, uh, probably the most sophisticated and strategically advanced system that there is. And you've got unbelievable skill players that he can get the ball to, but he's also making off schedule plays, using his mobility and taking risks. And I I just think people are missing it, Jim. He, he did have a four interception game against the Ravens. I think if you look at most young quarterbacks who ended up being great in their first 20 ish, starts they have games like that but uh, I had no 
belief that he would be phased. And remember, he's come back from a potentially ruinous injury to his throwing arm already. Like, this, this kid doesn't seem to get overly phased by the negative or the positive, but I think he's just a stone-cold killer out there. I did too, Mike. And not only that, let's face it, other young quarterbacks have played in that system and not done nearly as well. And I've talked to enough of his teammates. I mean, you cover that team, so you know, but I've had enough of his teammates on this show who absolutely love the guy. So I'm pro Purdy. I think the guy's a hell of a player. Let me ask you about the Ravens who you mentioned. They've got, Mike Silver's my guest, they've got the best record in the league right now. They were dominant in back-to-back wins over the Niners and the Dolphins. Like, Mike, I would anoint them as the ones to beat, but every time I do that in this wacky season, it comes back to bite me in the back. So let me ask you, are the Ravens the most complete team in the league right now? And in your opinion, are they the ones to beat? Yeah, I, and I just saw them on Christmas night, you know, really give it to the 49ers. And I know a lot of people have said, well, there were turnovers and look at the yardage. No, they they, they made those plays. They got the ball. They didn't need the yards. They, they were up 21 points late on a 49ers team that is also in that conversation. So, yeah, what a, what a great job they've done. Uh, I, they got a little lucky organizationally. They were playing with fire with Lamar, but um, wow, it is just, it's been so good. He's been so good. Quick shout out to all the coaches and GMs who either have been fired or will be fired who didn't want Lamar when he was there for the taking. And I know there were, wasn't a, an easy thing to get done, but people didn't take that swing and it's laughable. So yeah, the Ravens just dropped 56 on Vic Fangio and before that took apart the Niners at home. They are absolutely the team to beat. Uh, I did believe going into the season that the 49ers, with reasonably good health, uh, were the best team. And they, because of the bye, and that's one reason those guys were so happy, they really, really craved it. Uh, Because of that bye, they have a chance to be relatively healthy, at least going into their first game. And to me, they are the class of the NFC. I think the Eagles are done, for example. So you never know what's going to happen to these games. They're very tight. Uh, calls happen, tip balls. You know me, Jim. I've been at Miracles, Music City, Minnesota, the play, all of it. So uh, I, I can't tell you for sure what's going on, but to me, the Ravens and 49ers have not only earned those seeds, but they've earned the the role as presumptive favorite. We are talking to Mike Silver. Mike, you mentioned Philadelphia, so let me follow that up quickly. They may not have been what their record said they were, but man, they are a disaster right now. How did that thing unravel as quickly and as badly as it did? Yeah, it's a great question, and I'd like to kind of dig into it. Um, you know, I'm very preoccupied reporting on the 49ers and doing this book, and uh, I haven't been as nationally attuned to some of these things in my own mind at least, but let's take a stab at it. Cause I know a lot of these people and what's going on. Um, you know, I, I think seriously, there's a good and a bad, the, the fake tough guy. I'm the Philly guy. We are emotional. We're, you know, kind of going to overwhelm you with our street cred. You know, that vibe can be really good and really bad. And, you know, I, I covered a game there where, uh, a security guard who was standing next to the coach as he did his fake tough guy act, in my opinion, uh, you know, pushed 
Dre Greenlaw, which big Dom, I mean, he may be the bravest guy in NFL history pushing Dre Greenlaw in uniform, knowing what I know about his mentality and how, how on the edge he plays. So I, I don't know. I, they had all that swag, and then when you kind of start to lose it, that can kind of hurt you, and you get into a weird emotional tailspin the other way. And Jalen Hurts is so transcendent so often and really was a lot in those first 11 games. But he's a young quarterback, too, and I think he's playing more hurt than he's letting on. And, you know, just as Brock Purdy threw four picks on Christmas night, Jalen Hurts is still working through what I believe will be his ultimate greatness. Uh, and then, you know, they haven't figured it out uh, on defense to the point where Matt Patricia, who I think we would all agree miscast as he was, was the worst assistant coach in the NFL in 2022. He was the offensive coordinator, essentially, in New England. And it was a disaster. Defense is his specialty, but he's your emergency defensive coordinator, and now you can't stop a Cardinals team that is coached by your former defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I think if you're in the NFC, you are trying to do the math to figure out a way to play the Eagles in your first game. You're like, how truth. can I get Philly? I don't care if it's in Philly. I don't care if I'm in the NFC South. I just want a piece of the Eagles. That's an incredible statement, right? Like, who would have thought a few weeks back that that would be the team that you would want to play, and you don't care where it is, but that's the team you want. You know, Mike, you mentioned your book. Now, you and I have known each other a long, long time. I mentioned off the top that you wrote the book Rice, but you and I go far enough back that we remember the Dennis Rodman years, the Rodman book. I got to know, man, what's the new book? Well, don't forget the Kurt Warner book, but 21 years later, they actually made into a major motion picture. And, I, Jim, I think about that a lot because of Purdy. Not that it's quite as improbable, uh, but similarly, don't be fooled by the nice guy persona. Like, Kurt was an assassin, and I think there's some similarities with Purdy. So, Jim, the new book is a look at Mike Shanahan and then that, that group that he spawned, uh, including, and obviously a big part of it is Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Matt LaFleur, Raheem Morris, and a lot of these guys who, who I believe are changing the game and have a different way of doing it. And I've been on this for a long time. I've, I know all those people really well. I, they're all very different, and they're all a little out there. But uh, I've got great access, and I'm going to take people into that world and, and explain to them why this coaching crew is different and transformative. I love it. I love it. I love that you get a project like that and you're still hitting it that hard at this high level. Really quickly, Mike. So, Mike Shanahan, how and why is he not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's a, that's an omission. I, and I, I hope when people read this book that they'll feel that even more because I saw him back when I was covering the 49ers for newspapers, and I've come full circle now after all that. Uh, you know, he came in as the offensive coordinator after Mike Holmgren left in 1992. Joe Montana got injured for the second consecutive preseason. And Steve Young, who was a ultra-talented player but was not Joe and was really still rough around the edges in a lot of ways, uh, really became a different guy under Mike Shanahan. And, and I saw Steve go through that, and I kind of understood why. He then, after three years there and that great Super Bowl win over the Chargers, became the Broncos head coach. 
changed John Elway's career trajectory, uh, took outside zone principles and merged it with what he knew now from the West Coast offense and um, created a system that still, uh, it's been evolved and it's, it's definitely uh, modern now, but it, it created a system that's the template for a lot of the, the greatness we see out there strategically today. Uh, and there are a lot of other attributes. So, yeah, I do think Mike Shanahan is a no-brainer Hall of Famer. They've never given me a vote. I used to have a bully pulpit for eight years at NFL Network because I was on all the shows. Now I have no vote and less of a bully pulpit, but I do have a book. So everyone look for that next fall. Yeah, and a place with the Chronicle. And, you know, you're always welcome here to make that point. Mike Silver joining us. I'm going to look forward to that book. That's going to be a great book and a great read. He is a columnist with the San Francisco Chronicle, a partner at Backstage Media. He is Michael Silver. Mike, really appreciate you. Happy New Year, bro. We'll do it again soon. Right back at you, Jim. Thanks so much. Take care, bud. Mike Silver joining us. Good stuff. Good content. I like it. Nobody likes that, though, as much as James Kelly, the surrogate son of Mike Shanahan. Kelly, one of the tightest cheapskates ever, would pay any amount of money for that book. Dude, you are so geeked right now, JK.